Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 26 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible Orthodox Version because the World English Bible is in the public domain. To get the most of this podcast, it would be good for you to take about five minutes to read John chapter 3. Let's get started. First, let us get a setting for what is going on in John chapter 3. Jesus has begun to manifest his glory through working miracles called signs that pointed to something deeper than the miracle itself. Jesus turned the water into wine, which was not only a miracle, but a sign of the message of Jesus fulfilling and replacing the Old Testament rituals. Jesus was the replacement for the temple as the bearer of God's presence. Now in chapter 3, a teacher of the law in Israel named Nicodemus comes and visits Jesus at night. Nicodemus knew Jesus was a teacher sent from God based on the miracles he saw Jesus do. Jesus comes right out and says to Nicodemus he needed to be born again to get into God's kingdom. Nicodemus questioned Jesus as to how it was possible to be born again. Jesus emphasized again the necessity to be born again to enter God's kingdom. Jesus then tells Nicodemus of the provision for being born again. Next comes the witness of Jesus' authority to teach what Jesus was teaching and doing. The first part of John chapter 3 focuses on the need and provision of the heavenly birth. This is found in John chapter 3 verses 1 to 21. Here are some key points we should consider regarding Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. 1. The need for a heavenly birth. 2. The provision for a heavenly birth. 3. The nature of a heavenly birth. 4. God's provision of the new birth is available to all those willing to come to Christ. 5. The means to the heavenly birth. 6. The need to continue. and 7. The consequences of rejection or failure to continue. First of all, let's look at the need for a heavenly birth in John chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. A person's worldview shapes or at least impacts how a person decides to live. Some live as though this is all there is. Some fear the destruction of the earth soon because of climate change. Others are impacted about concerns for the pursuit of their dreams and goals in life whether for power, prestige, pleasure, or wealth. The biblical worldview is that God is in control. God is the creator of all that there is and ever will be. The biblical worldview is that man is made in the image of God. The biblical worldview is that God is holy and will judge and punish sinners and give a great future to those who follow God. The Bible teaches that God is in control and is moving history to a goal in which the world will end and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The world is passing away. After a person dies, they will either spend eternity in heaven with God, where there will be no death and sorrow, or eternity in hell in a place apart from God, 
where there will be eternal punishment. Given these two options of heaven or hell and its eternal consequences, it is important to know God's criteria for entering heaven. One of the terms the Bible uses for heaven is the the term the kingdom of heaven, which is also known as the kingdom of God. What criteria will God use for determining who gets to go to heaven? Jesus comes right out and tells Nicodemus in this passage what is required to enter God's kingdom. To see or enter God's kingdom, a person must be born from above. This can be translated born again or born from above. What does it it mean to be born from above? Born from above means that God is the one who gives a spiritual life. Nothing else is enough. The failure to be born again results in expulsion from God's kingdom, expulsion from heaven, and eternal punishment in hell away from God. Jesus is telling Nicodemus no matter what he has accomplished in life or how much he has served God or studied God's word, he would not enter heaven without being born again. What do we know about Nicodemus? John tells us the following about Nicodemus. First of all, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Two, Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. And three, Nicodemus was a prominent spiritual and biblical teacher about God. See verses 2 and verses 10. First, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He learned God's word and law and tried to live by it. Pharisees not only prayed, but practiced fasting. They would skip meals to pray to God. They gave offerings to God. Outwardly, they appeared holy. No matter how devout a person's life seems, if they are not born again or born from above, they will not go to heaven. Being religious is not enough to save a person from God's wrath and judgment. Second, Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. He was a religious leader. He not only served God, but he was a teacher and leader in God's spiritual community. That was enough, not enough to get him to heaven if he was not born again. No matter the sacrifices one makes, no matter how much one devotes their lives for living for God, unless they are born again, they will not go to heaven. A person is not saved from God's wrath by good works. You can devote all your money to the poor. You can give your entire life to serve God and others. But unless a person is born again, they will not go to heaven. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't say that you must be born again to go to heaven. Third, Nicodemus was also the teacher of Israel. Nicodemus taught God's word to others. Nicodemus was an expert in teaching God's word. He likely spent years studying God's word and likely devoted hours to Bible study and prayer, but he was not born again. Knowing God's word, good works, teaching others God's word will not save you. You must be born again or from above to go to heaven. Why is this? Partly the answer is because God says so. But it's also because those who have not been born from above are spiritually dead in their trespasses and sins. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. The Bible also teaches that the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Man needs spiritual life, and spiritual life cannot be earned or deserved, no matter how good we appear to be. 
In fact, without God's help, there is nothing that man can do to be able to enter God's kingdom. This brings us to the next point, to the provision for a heavenly birth, John chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. God has provided a means for humans to be born again. For a man to be saved, God in his grace must provide a way of salvation. Jesus gives the illustration of the bronze snake that is talked about uh, in the book of Numbers, in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 to 9. In the time of Moses, God delivered Israel from slavery in Egypt, and the people of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years before they entered the land God promised to them. While in the wilderness, the people of Israel would often sin against God. On one such occasion, God punished those who sinned against him by allowing them to be bitten by poisonous snakes. People were dying. They called out to God to save them. They knew that they would die unless God worked a miracle. The people confessed their sins and asked Moses to pray to God that he would take the snakes away. God told Moses to make a bronze snake and put it on a pole. God told them to look at the pole if they got bit. Then God would heal those who would believe God by looking at the bronze snake. Here we see confession of sins, faith in God, God's grace, and obedience to God resulted in healing. Then Jesus talks about the provision of the cross. He doesn't talk, call it the cross at this point. He just talks about the Son of Man being lifted up. But from later on, we understand that Jesus being lifted up is referring to him, him being lifted up to die on the cross. So there's the provision of the cross. God is holy and just. God's justice demands that he punishes sin. God made a way to forgive people despite people's sins. God did this by providing a sacrifice for sins so God could be both just and the justifier of sinners. See Romans chapter 3 verses 21 through 26. Romans chapter 3 verses 21 through 26 says, But now apart from the law, a righteousness of God has been revealed, being testified by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all those who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent to be an atoning sacrifice through faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness through the passing over of prior sins in God's forbearance, to demonstrate his righteousness at this present time, that he might himself be just and the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. End quote. The provision of grace and love is found in John chapter 3, verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Next is Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 10, which says, For while we were yet weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, yet perhaps for a righteous 
person someone would even dare to die. But God commends his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. End of that verse. The provision of a transformed heart and the provision of God's cleansing. The provision of God's spirit is talked about. God gave the promise of a transformed heart, God's cleansing, and a new spirit in the Old Testament. See Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 to 29. Uh, See also Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 32 to 33, regarding the new covenant. God says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 to 29, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will also give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will keep my ordinances and do them. You will dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. Next is the nature of of a of the heavenly birth. What is the nature of the heavenly birth? A changed heart and a changed life, as we have just seen from this uh, passage in the book of Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel chapter thirty six, verses twenty five to twenty nine. God's provision of the new birth is available to all those willing to come to Christ. Jesus died for everyone. John says here in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The Bible makes clear here by the word whoever that anyone can be saved from their sins and have eternal life if they believe in Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient with us, not wishing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. End of quote. God wants all to come to repentance. Jesus died for everyone, and everyone can come to Jesus to be saved from their sins by putting their faith in Jesus and his atoning death for their salvation. Now for the means of a heavenly birth. Um, First of all, there is repentance, that is, being willing to turn from one's sins. Uh, Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 5, Unless one is born of water and spirit, he can't enter into God's kingdom. End of quote. Born of the water and the spirit. Peter says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. End quote. Repentance and accepting Christ through baptism results in the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is also called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Baptism means cleansing or washing. When a person is born again, the Holy Spirit washes their sins away. Faith is also required. The Bible says in John 3.16, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. End quote. What, it, what does it mean by him? Is him referring to God the Son here or God the Father? It's not clear. However, elsewhere we see in the Gospel of John that faith in God the Father results in eternal life, and in another verse that believing in Jesus Christ results in eternal life. Both are true. In John chapter 3, verse 36, those who believe in the Son of God have eternal life. Jesus thought it taught that it was God the Father that sent him. Jesus seeks the will of the Father who sent him. John chapter 5 verse 30. Jesus says in John chapter 5 verse 24, He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. End quote. John teaches that belief in the Father and the Son results in, in eternal life. This is not just a belief in facts about Jesus. The Bible teaches that the demons believe that God is one and they shudder. James chapter 2 verse 19. To be saved, one must put their belief and trust in Jesus to save them from their sins and have enough faith in Jesus to serve and obey him. Next, let's talk about water baptism. Jesus associates being born again with being born of water and spirit. John chapter 3 verse 5. The early church accepted Christ as their Savior by turning from their sins and showed their faith in Christ by being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. See Acts chapter 19, verse 5. In the book of Acts, we see that the early church baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts, Acts chapter 19, verse 5. Rather than the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is hard to understand because Jesus taught that we should be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Water baptism in the early church was associated with repentance, faith, calling upon God's name for forgiveness, and becoming a part of the body of Christ and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance, water baptism, and the gift of the Holy Spirit are seen together in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Ananias told Paul shortly after Jesus had appeared to Paul, quote, Now why do you wait? Arise, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. End quote. Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. End quote. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 13, don't you know that all we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? In quote, Romans chapter 6, verse 3. It was not the mere ritual of water baptism, but the entire context of baptism, which included repentance from sins, turning to God, and faith in Jesus Christ that constitutes conversion. Peter said repentance and water baptism would result in the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. But Cornelius and his household received the baptism with the Holy Spirit when they had faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins before they were baptized with water. 
see Acts chapter 10, verses 45 to 48. We must be careful not to think that baptism as a mere ritual saves us, but baptism accompanied with repentance, accepting Christ, and faith in Christ is essential for salvation. Now, I do believe that some people have been saved without water baptism, for example, the thief on the cross. But God's command is for us to um, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Next, let's talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says we need to be born of water and of the Spirit in John chapter 3, verse 5. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, end quote. At conversion, the Holy Spirit cleanses us from our sins. See Acts chapter 15, verses 8 to 9. Faith, as we have seen, is also critical for uh, being born again. John three sixteen. As seen above, faith is putting one's trust in Jesus for salvation and holy living. Sixth, there is the need to continue. The gift of the Holy Spirit makes a holy life possible, but not guaranteed. When a person is born from above, God gives that person eternal life. God gives them the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is also known as the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to live a changed life. However, the wages of sin is death even to those who have been born from above. One must continue in a life of obedience to God to inherit eternal life. While Jesus paid the full debt for our sins, and we can do nothing to merit the new birth with its new life, if we fall away and live a life of sin, we will die spiritually and lose the gift of eternal life. Current faith and obedience is needed. It is those who are presently believing in Christ that are saved. A past experience of a birth from above without continuing in one's uh, walk with God is not enough. One must be currently believing. John 3.16 talks of the one who is right now believing in Jesus, not someone who had a belief in the past. In John 3.18 The one condemned is the one who has not believed in the past with the effects of believing continuing to the present. The consequences, now let's look at the consequences of rejection or failure failure to continue. The result is you're judged already. John 3.18 says, He who believes in him is not judged. He who doesn't believe has been judged already already because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God, End quote. Next, in John chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, we see reactions to God's revelation or um, exposure of sin in people's lives. In John chapter 3, verses 19 to 21. Some hate God's revelation because their deeds are evil. Those living uh, evil avoid God's light, lest their works be exposed. That's found in verse 20. Those who do the truth come to the light, so their works can be shown as being done in God. Verse 21. 
Now, John chapter 3, verses 22 to 36 talks about the heavenly witness. John speaks of Jesus, uh, the heavenly witness. After Jesus talked with Nicodemus, Jesus and his disciples went to the land of Judea, and Jesus' disciples were baptizing while John the Baptist was still baptizing. The Jews tried to stir up conflict between Jesus and John the Baptist. The Jews told uh, John the Baptist that Jesus was baptizing and everyone was coming to him. In fact, we see later in chapter 4 that Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did the baptizing. Uh, look at uh, John chapter 4, verse 2. John held consistent with the mission God had given to him, that is, John the Baptist, and reminded the Jews that Jesus was greater than him. Jesus was the bridegroom, and John the Baptist was the friend of the bridegroom. John the Baptist's joy was in the bridegroom's voice. God the Father has put all things into Jesus' hands. God has given his spirit without measure to Jesus Christ. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. But the one who disobeys the Son won't see life, but God's wrath abides on him. John chapter 3, verse 36. Here we see that true faith in Jesus involves obeying Jesus. Those who do not obey Jesus won't see eternal life. The new birth or being born from above is the beginning of eternal life. However, if you turn from serving and obeying God, the wages of sin is death. Unless you repent and turn back to God, you will perish. Being born again is not a ticket or license to sin. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out my website at UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. I encourage you to pray that God will work in the lives of those who hear his word and that people will turn from their sins and become disciples of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to pray that Christians will grow to become better disciples of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to pray that God will work through this podcast ministry to bring others to Christ and to strengthen and establish Christians. Also notice I have added to the website a place for topical Bible studies for reading, for you to read. Uh, bye for now.